plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. We are going to be having an experiment today and a power party, as always. This is our informational playground. It's called Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your host. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are and from the Voice America Network. This is the empowerment channel, which we hope will encourage and inspire you and stimulate you and help support some special for some meaningful conversations. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that works to empower women, families, and youth at risk. When you realize how perfect everything is, you will tilt your head back and laugh at the sky. And that was actually from Buddha. Well, this is uh, going to be an interesting show for you. I hope that you'll tune up the volume In segment two, we're going to be talking about something that I have always found fascinating, and that is angels. It is the Angel Experiment, a 21-day magical adventure to heal your life. Our author will will be Corinne Grillo, and she's going to talk about how angels changed her life and what she does to channel angels and help thousands of people all over the world who are curious about angels actually feel their power. In our third segment, it's mindfulness. Mindfulness and mind training has become something that is actually important to be quiet and focused, and it has major health and productivity benefits, and I benefit it from myself. If we have time, I'm also going to talk about noise pollution and how it is making us deaf, and that's everything from the loud loud garbage trucks to uh, music and other kinds of noise toxins that are really causing some stress. Now, uh, but right now, what I wanted to um, talk to you about are the awards, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the Academy Awards. You probably saw the Golden Globes. A lot of people don't like award season for films and television, but with my th- over three decades experience as an actor, producer, writer, director, all of these things in the entertainment industry, it's something that I revel in, I take very seriously, and I am voting for the 26th year now in the Screen Actors Guild Award. And by the way, that is going to be airing this coming Sunday on TNT and TBS at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you tune in. 
And then, of course, we have the Academy Awards coming up in just a couple of weeks. And I found it really interesting uh, that the Academy Awards and the Screen Actors Guild Awards, most of the things are mimicking each other, but there are a few surprises. Now, part of voting in the Screen Actors Guild Awards is it's really a peer-to-peer. In other words, it's actors voting on actors. And so it's, it's really quite exciting. For the past two weeks, I have been attempting to watch absolutely everything that has been um, nominated. So first of all, I'm going to tell you about what are the nominated categories. And, uh, and it's been surprising, the movies that I've liked and the movies that I have not liked. And I will share some of that with you um, in this segment. So, an outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. So, Screen Actors Guild doesn't say best film, as the Academy Awards say best film. We vote on the outstanding performance by a cast. So, the What's Up is Bombshell, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And I can tell you um, of these that I haven't finished Bombshell yet, but even though it got some bad reviews, I absolutely love it. There was another uh, film that's up, as you probably might have seen, and it was on um, television, actually, and it was The Loudest Voice. And that is also about Roger Isles of Fox News and what he did as far as um, um, uh, harassing women and kind of doing a, a quid pro quo of I will move you up in television as long as you do sexual favors for me. And that was that is just an absolutely amazing, amazing uh, TV series. You should see it uh, again. It's called The Loudest Voice. And Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe um, is so st- stupendous in it that I'm, I am going to be voting for him um, in the male actor in a television movie or limited series. It's crazy how good he was. But Bombshell is following this same story with uh, different, of course, um, different actors, and they are an amazing cast as well. So it's Charlize Theron and um, Nicole Kidman that are in it, and they're just really great. And of course, Margot Robbie, she's playing a character that is encompassing several different characters so that they didn't have to have, you know, too many other people. The Irishman is, um, is a really great, it's on Netflix right now, but it was out in theaters. And of course we know who these actors are when it's Pacino and De Niro and Pesce. I'm not a fan of mafia type things. And so it was, it's a great movie, but that's not going to be my choice. Jojo Rabbit. Oh my gosh, this little boy in Jojo Rabbit is so incredible. And Scarlett Johansson is actually up for two awards because she's up for the female actor in leading role for a marriage story, which she was fabulous in. And then she's up for a best supporting role in Jojo Rabbit. And then Jojo Rabbit is up for um, the best cast in a film. And that it's an excellent film it, dealing with Nazis and um, 
and you know, it's a humorous kind of film, but with a difficult topic. Now, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I absolutely love DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Uh, Margot Robbie is also in this one. However, I did not like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at all, with the exception of one of the final scenes of the movie, and I wish that that's the way history really was. I guess Tarantino just is not one of my favorite directors. It's, it's just weird. I don't know. I didn't like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I actually had a party this past weekend so that um, I could watch some of these movies and, you know, have a SAG party. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did not do it for me. And Parasite, which is a Korean movie, way too violent. It started off kind of interesting, and then it just went too over the top. I'm kind of shocked that it's even nominated for a best film, and it's nominated for a best film at the Academy Awards as well. So those two I have totally uh, knocked out. And so right now I'm between Jojo Rabbit and Bombshell for voting in Outstanding Cast in a Motion Picture. For female actor in a lead role, Cynthia Irvo for Harriet. If you haven't seen Harriet, that's that is so great. Um, this is a, this uh, story that is a true story about Harriet Tubman, who was a slave who escaped to freedom and then brought literally thousands of slaves to the North and helped free them. And she's one of the only women to have fought in the um, Civil War against the Confederates. So the uh, actresses that are up for this, um, as I said, is Cynthia for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Marriage Story is powerful. It is a powerful, and and, um, Driver is Adam Driver, who plays the husband, Scarlett Johansson, the wife. They're both really amazing. Lupita Nyong'o is up for Us. I hated Us. That is the only movie so far this year that I couldn't watch all the way through. I just couldn't even watch it. I just thought it was predictable and dumb and violent. And I don't know how it even, except for the fact that she's a major actor, I, I don't know how it's even up for an award. Uh, Charlize Theron is up for Bombshell. She was great. And Renee Zellweger is up for Judy. And uh, Judy, she did a really terrific job um, playing Judy Garland. And, you know, what a tragic figure Judy Garland was. In the male actor in a leading role, we have Christian Bale for Ford and Ferrari. Great movie. I did not expect to like it because, I, you know, it's a race car kind of movie. Um, the name of the film, Ford versus Ferrari, doesn't sound that exciting, but it's Matt Damon, uh, Christian Bale are the stars, and they're both terrific, but Christian Bale especially. Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love Leo. Didn't like that movie. Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Adam was amazing. Uh, Teron Egerton for Rocket Man. Well, Rocket Man is about Elton John and how he came up from nothing to become the Rocket Man that he is. And that he was really, really good in it. But the winner if, in my book is Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. This is a movie I didn't really want to see. I'm not a comic book fan. And I've seen so many of the Batman things. And I just didn't. It was like. What? Uh, I don't know. Do we need another Joker? This is an incredible movie. And I was sad to see that it wasn't up for 
the movie wasn't up for a SAG award, but I'm definitely going to be voting for Joaquin Phoenix. Um, in the Academy Awards, it is up for best movie. So I think, you know, it could be between Joker and uh, I don't know uh, for best movie, how they're going to go on that. I, I hope that Joker would win, or Ford and Ferrari, or even Jojo Rabbit. Those were all really, really uh, good, good movies for the Academy Awards. But we'll see what's going to happen. Now, for a female support, uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. My favorite was Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. Again, another movie I didn't think I was going to like, but Jennifer was amazing. Hustlers is a true story about um, strippers who literally take down some of the Wall Street guys who have been taking them down. So I love the story. I love the acting, and it, it was just terrific. But Laura Dern is up for Marriage Story. Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, and she was really good in it. Uh, Nicole Kidman for Bombshell um, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. But I would love to see Jennifer Lopez win this, although Laura Dern did win it for Marriage Story at the Golden Globes. And I think she's, you know, they're saying that she's probably going to win. But, you know, you never know. You never know how these go. We all have to vote. Uh, Male actor in a supporting role. There was Jamie Foxx for Just Mercy. That's a great, great film. Uh, Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I love Tom Hanks, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be my vote. I, I'm going to have to rewatch some of the things. Al Pacino in The Irishman, Joe Pesci in The Irishman, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And again, I love all of these actors, but Tom Hanks, to me, maybe because Mr. Rogers is such a favorite character, that was just the winning, the winning um, combination for me. And then, of course, in the SAG Awards, we have ensembles for drama series. And you might have seen it, Big Little Lies, The Crown, Game of Thrones, Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things. Haven't decided yet there. But in the female actor in a drama series, if you haven't seen The Morning Show, oh my gosh, it is fantastic. The, the Crown has two nominations, Helena Bonham Carter and Olivia Coleman, um, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, and Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. But I, am, I really want Jennifer Aniston to win on this one, although all of the actors were excellent. That was just my favorite. Again, maybe because it's about show business and it kind of had that same feel as bombshell and uh, the loudest voice of of you know um, harassment in the workplace and for males there's sterling k brown for this is us steve carroll the morning show billy credit for the morning show uh, peter dinklage game of thrones and david harbour for stranger things uh, again all incredible actors i just think peter dinklage and game of thrones was just so phenomenal that I I loved it. Comedy series, Barry, Fleabag, Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Schitt's Creek. You know, how do you how do you choose? Um, my three favorites there are Fleabag, Kaminsky Method, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I haven't decided who I'm gonna go for yet. And in the female category, 
we have Christina Applegate with Dead to Me. That was very, a very touching movie. Alex Borstein, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He's amazing. Rachel Brosnahan and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, Catherine O'Hara and uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge They for Fleabag. All of those uh, women were just, they're all excellent. So it's really, really hard to decide who we're going to vote for. So if you want to see more, there's still quite a bit more because we actually vote on stunts. We vote on ensemble in a comedy series. We vote on the female actor in a comedy series, the male actor in a comedy series, as um, well as limited movie and limited series, both female and male actors. So there's just a lot of things that we have to vote on, and we vote on a stunt ensemble. But you can go to sagawards.org forward slash nominees and you'll be able to see who is going to be running and then tune in this coming Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific or 8 p.m. Eastern on um, TBS or TNT and watch the SAG Awards. It's one of the best award ceremonies because it's so real because again, it's actors that are voting on actors and on performances. So who better to know if they're doing a great job than uh, the ones who are actually acting in it. So I feel very honored and humbled to be able to uh, be a vote, uh, to vote on this. But um, I still have more to watch, and I only have one more day before voting is finished. So wish me luck, and feel free to contact me with your thoughts of who should win. Now, when we come back from break, we're going to be talking, or we'll be flying with the angels when Corin Grillo joins us. It'll be a 21 day of magical adventures to heal your life. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? 
Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, we're back. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And the angels must be having a little bit of a break because Corinne isn't here yet. So I'm going to be talking about mindfulness, as I told you I would. And then we'll hopefully get Corinne in our next segment. So... Do you stay in the moment? You know, mindfulness might be the remedy to our digitally overloaded lives. I mean, how many times every day do you pick up your smartphone? How many times do you look at it? Do you ever think about that? Would you be surprised to know that the typical cell phone user, now this is going to sound crazy, but this was according to Business Insider Report, touches that device 2,600 times per day. 2,600 times per day. I'm not one of those people because I don't even keep my phone around me that often. I figure if somebody's going to call me or text, they'll, you know, they'll, they leave a message. And if not, I don't call anybody back. So this just shows how deeply attached we are to our phones. So you're probably saying to yourself, okay, so what's the big deal? What does that mean? Well, it might seem like it's not significant, but... Research is showing that there's a link between the amount of time we spend interacting with technology and our health and our productivity, and it's not a positive thing. So, for example, a study that was published in Computers and Human Behavior revealed that the use of multiple social media platforms is strongly associated with depression and anxiety among young adults. And similarly, a Forbes article noted that heavy technology use has been linked with addictive behaviors, increased stress, and sleep disorders. And then the Harvard Business Review followed it up and argued that digital overload may be the defining problem in today's workplace. Now, what is that? Um, It is showing that in the United States, workers are wasting 25% of their time managing the growing data stream. And that actually costs the economy almost um, $100 billion, no, $997 billion annually. That's a lot of money, $997 billion. I can't even fathom it. 
Now, technology isn't all bad, of course, right? But ironically, it's being used to help alleviate the stress that it can cause. There are guided meditation apps like Calm or Headspace or Inside Timer that have come out, and they're helping people utilize mindfulness to reduce stress and focus more and even improve sleep. So the ability to be present with ourselves and others has significantly been eroded by the advent of our always-on world. I mean, we're always plugged in, right? We're always connected. And it's so important that we disconnect from time to time. And we know from neuroscience that our brains need to be trained to counteract this totally distracted state and to enable us to be present in the moment, in this time. So mindfulness practices can help significantly, as can the conscientious decision to practice being here right now in everything that we do all through the day. So you might be asking, what is mindfulness? And how can we as individuals harness the potential not only to improve our health, but also our creativity. Because being mindful is going to take a whole lifetime. I mean, the busier we are, the more we need to practice mindfulness. And interestingly, when you start doing it, the benefits uh, you know, kind of accrue really quickly. So mindfulness is a lot of different things. It has a lot of different explanations. But Some are more helpful than others. The scientific definition of mindfulness, by the way, is the self-regulation of attention with an attitude of curiosity, openness, and acceptance. Now, that sounds pretty clinical, right? doesn't have much appeal, but it does ensure consensus among researchers who study the benefits, and it can help us clear up misconceptions um, like you know, when people write about it. So if we know that that is the definition, mindfulness has to do with paying attention to our present moment experience with awareness and not having an emotional reaction to what's happening. It's about keeping us um, in play in our experience moment to moment as things unfold in our lives, as opposed to keeping us connected to a phone or a computer or an iPad or whatever other gadget that you are in. Now, mindfulness is about releasing the mental narratives that we play out about our experiences and shifting our attention to an immediate sensory experience around us. We just drop every single story that's going through our minds about what we're looking at, what we're smelling and what we're hearing. And there's clarity when that happens. Our intuition is awakened and our awareness is awakened. So to better understand the concept, it might be helpful to look at it conversely. If you are working in a really high profile project with a tight schedule, the tendency might be to worry about the details. I like worry about when it's going to get done. And then fear takes over. And then that totally ellipses like all the creativity and the ideas. And suddenly it's not about your project um, getting to, you know, a great place. It's all about that deadline. And I just hate the word deadline because um, it just is like, when you say deadline, it has the word dead in it. And so I always say timeline. Now, the process isn't necessarily to be moving at a slower pace. That's not what we're talking about. Because when you have a busy schedule, you have to be clear, 
you have to be stable, you have to be organized, you have to move forward. But to be mindful is just a process to be learned. It's really what we call mind training. And it's not something that we're born with. It's not something that comes naturally. It's really a concept that we have to teach ourselves. So that's why we call it a practice, like a, like yoga is a practice. And I know for me, I can just say that uh, for, it seems like for my whole life, I've just been probably a type A, a go, 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 get it accomplished, get it done yesterday kind of person, always having a lot of balls in the air, juggling a lot. But a few years ago, I really decided to take a deep breath and to spend 20 minutes at the very beginning of my day, every single day, without exception, doing some meditating and some mindfulness. For me, I have to be near water. And when I'm near water, it just does something to me. It makes me feel more creative and it feels, it makes me feel just more grounded. And I have so reaped the benefits of this mindfulness practice that I've been doing. And I'm still learning on a regular basis, but I really have identified a lot of benefits that is actually backed up by research. So one is stress reduction. There has been um, uh, an analysis of over 39 studies of mindfulness-based practices that concludes that mindfulness-based therapy is uh, useful in altering affective and cognitive processes that can underlie some clinical issues. So when we are mindful or we you know, do a practice of meditation, we really do reduce our stress. We have significant less anxiety, less depression, and there's less distress compared to people who have not started the practice. The other thing is focus. I think it's helped me focus a lot, and researchers that compare groups with and without meditation experiences have concluded that participants had significantly better performance on all measures of attention when they're being mindful. And this is not woo-woo. This is not something that is, it doesn't have any religious context, nothing like that. It's just really about going inside and being present with who you are and being aware, kind of woke, I guess, as the trend is saying now, of just waking up and and uh, smelling those roses. We also uh, increase our cognitive flexibility. So when you practice mindfulness, it appears to develop the skill of self-observation. And it's really important to observe yourself. And then there's less re- um, emotional reactivity. In other words, people who practice mindfulness, they seem to be able to disengage from emotionally upsetting issues uh, much more than people who don't meditate. And that suggests that mindfulness can improve relationship satisfaction, reduce rumination, enhance self-insight, morality, intuition, fear modulation, boost your immune functions, lessen psychological distress, and increase information processing speed. And I can definitely attest to that because things that used to upset me and used to like just uh, make my blood boil, and we all know how that is, now I can just take a deep breath and just let it be. And I kind of always say to myself, this too shall pass. Or I, before I make a comment, I 
say to myself, you know, which battleground do I want to die on? <laughs> do I need to win the war, win the battle, or can I just let it go? And it's amazing how much it has helped in so many different ways. So there are documented positive health outcomes of mindfulness, and it can also help people be more productive because they're more focused and they're more attentive. And measured outcomes from corporate solution programs have shown an uplift in productivity and creativity, and it helps you to have a more relaxed a way of doing things in life. And in addition to the measurable benefits, the intangible advantages to mindfulness are that there's more energy, more hopefulness, and um, you have more gratitude. So we'll get back to um, talking about mindfulness in practice. There's no one right way to practice mindfulness. In fact, Individual preference is whatever's important. So it's a lifetime journey. Whatever you can do to start with a breath, pay attention to yourself, celebrate the moment, and not be distracted uh, for whatever amount. Start with a a minute, uh, two minutes, and then work your way up to 20 minutes if you can. And the busier you are, the more you need the practice. So the benefits will accrue quickly. And participants who do practice even 10 minutes a day, they say that it elevates the quality of the work they do and the life that they live. So even 30 seconds can help. So do whatever you can whenever you can. So let's just face it. There's a great deal of hype that is surrounding mindfulness. And proponents suggest it's a panacea to everything. And skeptics denounce it as nothing more than, you know, quackery. So a recent study published in uh, Perspectives in Psychological Science noted that misinformation and poor methodology associated with past studies of mindfulness might lead to public consumers to be misled or disappointed. So, you know, we have to decide for ourselves of whatever is going to be right for us. The developments, among others, demonstrate the legitimate therapeutic potential of mindful practices and the body of research is growing so maybe you want to see if you want to adopt doing some meditation or some quiet time call it whatever you want but take a few deep breaths every day and train your mind to be quiet and to keep away from your gadgets for even just a short period of time and I think that you're going to reap the benefits I'm going to take a very short break right now, and hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Corinne Grillo with us. And if not, I'm going to talk about noise pollution and how uh, it could be damaging you. So hang on. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you on the Empowerment Network, um, Empowerment Channel of the Voice America Network. We're live. I'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. What are the guidelines for truly effective leaders? The essence of outstanding leadership is not charisma or leadership qualities. It's performance. Executives who are truly effective leaders set goals for their companies. They set priorities to reach those goals. They set standards and hold fast to them in their own actions and behaviors. Following specific guidelines enables an executive to be consistent. 
Only when leaders' personal actions are compatible with the goals they set for others and their organizations can they earn the trust of those who must work towards those goals. True leaders make decisions and follow through on their practice. Excellent leaders don't say, do as I do. They encourage, do as I do. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, I guess the angels don't want to talk to us today <laughs> because uh, we, have, uh, we haven't been able to get Corinne Grillo here with the angel experiment. So I would like to talk to you about this issue of noise pollution and how it's harming our health, because uh, it is, could be a serious issue. You know how you're walking down the street and there's jackhammers going, or there's the fire trucks with their screeching sirens, and you know you don't think too much of it. But what's happening is our hearing, maybe even our mental health, is being affected. There's a growing body of evidence that is indicating that noise pollution is getting worse with every passing year. And it is harming our overall health, not just our hearing. The impact of noise is comparable to air pollution, according to the World Health Organization. But unlike smog and diesel exhaust, what noise pollution does is it is affecting literally every part of our body, but it doesn't get much media attention. And people are kind of unaware of it because um, we're just surrounded by it all the time. 
So there are some things that you need to know to protect yourself. I know for me, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I love going out to dinner, you know, maybe once a week or a couple times a month or whatever it is. But I have found in the last couple of years, restaurants are getting noisier and noisier and noisier. It used to be that most restaurants had tablecloths. And that would absorb some of the noise. But now it seems there is our wood floors or cement floors. The tables are wood. They're communal tables, whatever it is. And it's very hard for me to go to a restaurant now because my ears actually tune in to everybody's conversation. And there have been times, and it happens more, more than I'd like to say, um, where I'm at a restaurant and I am listening to personal stories of people that I don't know and I don't want to hear their stories, but I can't concentrate on the people that I'm with because this I'm being bombarded by all this other noise. I now carry earplugs with me everywhere, not just when I'm on an airplane and not just when I'm at a concert. I carry earplugs all the time so that I don't have to take in all these noise. Now, unwanted sounds come from just about anywhere. It can be just, you know, the cars that are droning on a road. It can be barking dogs. And where I live, it's coyotes. It can be uh, televisions that are too loud. It can be, uh, you know, a neighbor's apartment where they're yelling. It doesn't take much to do much harm. And this is what people don't realize, that while really loud noises that are at close range, like planes taking off or a gun being fired, are are obvious, right, that that would damage our hearing. But damage often begins at modest levels, like the leaf blowers. Now, I don't like leaf blowers. I think they're just too, too loud. Or maybe even it's the music that you listen to in your car or worse, the music that you're listening to with earbuds if you're putting it too long and, and too, um, too loud into your ears. And it's an environmental toxin. It depends on three things, the intensity, the duration, and the frequency. And what determines the adverse effects is the average noise exposure over time. So if you live in a city you are probably experiencing higher levels of noise than anything before. If you live in the suburbs, you probably at an increased risk of having a lengthy commute or having to ride on public transportation. Um, And in that case, it's going to include a lot of loud traffic sounds. It could be trains, it could be buses, um, it, or it could be all those loud honking noises that you hear. So what are some of the negative impacts? Of course, we know that it's hearing, right? So um, what researchers are saying that what is generally considered an age-related decline in hearing may actually reflect a cumulative impact of noise. So it might not have anything to do with age. It's just that over time, you've heard so much noise that your eardrums just can't take it anymore. But here are other things that are linking noise pollution and cardiovascular disease. So that's heart attacks, heart failure, high blood pressure, strokes. That all increases with higher levels of noise. And that's really kind of scary in the Journal of American College of Cardiology, there was a, an article that was published last year that noted that road traffic and aircraft noise 
increased the risk for coronary heart disease by 6% for every 10 decibels, and it starts as low as 50 decibels. Now, the actual culprit is stress, because what happens with noise is it activates our auto um, autotomic nervous system. That is what is known as the fight or flight, and it triggers the release of hormones, cortisol, And that puts our cardiovascular system into a chronic overdrive. And that extra hormone, that stress hormones, they promote generalized inflammation. And it's inflammation that causes disease. So noise at night carries uh, actual extra risks. And people might say, well, why is that? And that is because at nighttime, it really arouses our nervous system. It's not enough to cause a person maybe to wake up or to remember, but it really is affecting your heart. So if you're living in an apartment or a house or you're at a hotel and you're above a noisy street, um, you are even though maybe you get used to the sound of the foghorns, I know that my friends used to live on Bay Street in San Francisco, and it, they had this fabulous apartment that was really cool because it could look out on the bay and you could see Alcatraz, but it also meant that you heard the foghorns like every 30 seconds. And, you know, after a while, you you kind of block it out, but it's still going into your body. And I know when I would visit and stay there, it was like it drove me crazy. There was no way I could sleep at night. So those kind of things are uh, rising your uh, blood pressure, and you're giving, getting actually fragmented sleep. So it's definitely any kind of noise pollution, even if it's something as charming as that. That is kind of uh, scary. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, take, um, not take a break, but I'm going to go straight to interviewing Corinne now. We finally have her here. So the angels are uh, flapping their wings and saying, let's talk. So Corinne, are you with us? Welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am here. Wow. Great to be here. I know. What happened? I think the angels were flying away. Something was going on. I know. They're little... (laughs) They're little pranksters. It's just a bunch exactly. of pranks. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm really glad that you could join us for these final minutes. We have a, we have some time to talk about your book, The Angel Experiment, A 21-Day Magical Adventure to Heal Your Life. Why don't we just uh, give a big start of why you are so uh, enamored with angels and miracles and you want to encourage all of us to reimagine coincidences because there really is no such thing as coincidence. It's all divine synchronicity. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you, you said it all right there. And, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. one of those people who, you know, done. Okay. So, yeah, no, I am one of those people who was not born with a gilded angel spoon in her mouth. I didn't grow, I, I wasn't one of those young people who saw, you know, angels or dead people. Um, and uh, I spent most of my life deeply suffering, depressed, and, you know, had a really rough go. And so when the angels came into my life, it was abrupt. It was loud. I witnessed an actual miracle. And, um, and I'm here to just share share um, share the the beauty of the angels with everyone because I know that we are all in a place in life right now. The planet is in a time where we need as much hope, light, and support as possible. And I really didn't know that the angels were as 
practical and helpful as they are. I always thought of them as 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 beings in a book, or maybe they're far far away playing a harp somewhere. But um, I quickly discovered that they are right here, happening to us right now, and they are waiting for each of us to invite them into their lives so that they can come in and help heal our hearts, minds, and lives. And you know something, Corinne, you just said a, a magic word, and that was invite them into our lives. I am a huge believer in angels. I actually have an angel room in my house, and I have oh angel face flowers, and I love, I love angels, and I've loved them for a long time. However, I, I really believe we have to ask for their help. I don't think they're just there and they're going to rescue you. I think you have to ask, ask them uh, or tell them what you're looking for. I have a special thing. I have a parking angel. And I know it's the craziest, it's the crazy, she's the craziest angel. But if I, I'll go to San Francisco and, you know, there's no parking in San Francisco anywhere. And everybody wants to drive with me because as soon as I say, parking angel, find me a parking spot, one opens up right in front of wherever it is we want to go. And it happens every single time. However, if I don't say, if I don't say, parking angel, find me a parking spot, I could drive around and drive around, and I would not find one. I have to invite her to find it. And then she does it immediately. It's, it's totally yeah. miraculous. And everybody laughs, and we, all, we always say, and we call her <laughs> Cynthia's parking angel. So tell us about inviting the angels. Uh, yes. So there, there are ways to talk to angels, and they all work. You can, you, you don't necessarily have to say, you know, invite them in out loud. You can stay quiet. But the angel experiment, the book, really sets sets people up for success in that um, it shows you how to invite angels in in a powerful way, so that not only uh, can they hear you better, but you can also learn to see them better and hear them better and, and watch for their signs. So uh, I really deeply believe in, in creating ritual and ceremony around working with the angels and creating a daily practice and doing invocations and, and all of that stuff because it really helps elevate the juju. It helps focus your mind. And uh, the people who do this process with us have radical, amazing things like finding parking spaces. And I know. Doors. Well, no. Uh, why 21 days? Is it now? I've always uh, heard, read that it takes 21 days to start a new habit. Is this why you chose 21 days, or is this something that yes. you felt spoken to by the angels? Yes. Well, it was kind of it was kind of Probably a co-creation. Both. They it was a co-creation. They essentially told me that we we're doing um, essentially an angel holiday, uh, creating an angel holiday where the angels give us 21 gifts. Um, and for me, the, my, the intuition or, you know, what was essentially being shown to me was that you, you, you need these 21 gifts in order to really kind of set sail and, and deepen your experience with the angels. So, yes, I think it is, you know, creating a ritual and a daily practice and hopefully building a permanent habit, which is my goal. Um, I, I hope that it doesn't stop at 21 days. I hope it becomes 365 days a year. You know, I think it does after people really realize that things start happening. We're speaking with Corinne Grillo. Her book is The Angel Experiment, A 21-Day Magical Adventure to Heal Your Life. 
I want to just ask you about signs that we see. Like, I will wake, it is weird, I'll wake up and it'll be 4.44 in the morning. Or right now I'm in the midst of voting in the SAG Awards and uh, I was watching a film. I got to watch every film in order to vote. And so I was getting concerned about, oh, how's my time before this radio show? And it was 2.22.22. (laughs) I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I have to tell Corinne because this is obviously this is angel things so we only have a few minutes but tell us some of the signs that people can can watch for so that they know that their angels are talking to them and you know around them yes so when you you really take it seriously and begin to invite them powerfully into your life they can come around in a lot of different ways a lot of some of them are are repetitive number sequences, uh, other ways that they talk to us is through signs, literally, meaning through billboards and license plates and, and uh, truck wraps. And, and, and so you will notice that uh, sometimes when you're asking a direct question, you might see the answer flash by the billboard uh, that you just drove by. Uh, so that's one of my favorite ones. Another way is just like, you know, uh, you, you might encounter feathers or, or uh, perhaps a flock of birds flies by right when you ask for support. And so there's a lot of different ways that we can sl- like o- open up our vision, our spiritual vision and our hearts to really receive the messages that are happening all day long. It's just a matter of tuning our awareness into them. So, uh, of course, we're out of time. Uh, Hopefully, people understand that the angels are around us. The book is The Angel Experiment, A 21-Day Magical Adventure to Heal Your Life. The author is Corinne Grillo. Her website is CorinneGrillo.com, and that's C-O-R-I-N-G-R-I-L-L-O. I'm going to let you. We have 30 seconds, Corinne. I'm going to just let you give one final takeaway for uh, from the angels, for the angels, and for our listeners? Uh, well, I want you to know, number one, is that you are not alone. And, and the number one thing that you should do, all of us, every single one of us, no matter what your belief system is, is invite the angels in. Start asking for support. Start asking for healing. Start asking uh, for inspiration and vision and clarity uh, because those, those things alone will help set, set you sail. And if you want to really take up the charge and, and just prove to yourself, uh, for yourself, if angels are real, then I highly recommend trying uh, this 21-day experiment that the angels put together. Well, thank you, Corinne. That's a great way to wrap it up. I've invited angels into my life, and I I really love having them around. So I encourage all of you to do it. Thank you, Corinne Grillo, www.corinnegrillo.com, the book, The Angel Experiment, A 21-Day Magical Adventure to Heal Your Life. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I thank you so much for tuning in every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Right here live on the Voice America Network, this is the Empowerment Channel. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org and make a donation. And until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you, encouraging you. Be the star you are and ask your angels because they'll answer. Be the star you are. The star you are, be the star you are, you are.
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. you